Awesome date. October 6, 2008. Awesome topic? Burning our dreads. This is the Awesome Cast. Once more to the Awesome Cast. I'm Basil. I'm Lee. I'm Kevin. And that's us. Sadly, once more, Eric unfortunately had schedule conflicts, and so we picked our topic. We knew Eric was going to be here and realized that we're about to talk about a third of a series, and so we at least needed three people. To talk about a third in the series, because, you know, three and three and all. And so he brought back Kevin once more into the fold. Yay, me! Welcome back from the reserve pitch, Kevin. Good to be here. Well, other than a couple tiny drops of dialogue back in the AWA one. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's cool, and we're here, we're here now, and now we're about to talk about some awesome things. You can hear my paper rustling. Of the world of awesome. Speaking of them video games, apparently uh, level five, they did you know Dark Cloud and Rogue Galaxy. Uh, they did Dragon Quest Eight. Working on Dragon Quest Nine. They also had a little series of DS games called Professor Layton which was a series of sort of uh, puzzles and that you were this Sherlock Holmes wannabe dude who wandered around this town and solved puzzles for people to solve a puzzle. I have five matchsticks. (laughs) If I shove six up the tree, how many will I have? Oh, wait, that's negatives. I see. Anyways... You have to worry about solving the problems anymore because now they're working on an animated version. As well as a live-action movie. Oh my. <laughs> uh, apparently. Is it called Professor Layton Solves People's Algebra Homework? Um, no. It just says they're, they're working on an animated movie. And apparently on November 27th they're releasing the third game of the series. We have yet to get the second one. Yeah, I was about to say, I've only heard about the Yeah, I remember Curious Village. That's it. (laughs) They're also, speaking of animated films, they're also working with Studio Ghibli on doing video footage for them for another DS game called Ni no Kuni. Is it still in the Layton series? Uh, No, it's a totally different Uh. game entirely. And also... uh, Yen Press has also announced, I think, during uh, the New York Anime Festival, mm-hmm. they're going to release the Hero Tales manga, which is done by the lady who does the Full Metal Alchemist manga. Yes. So, and some other stuff, but importantly, we're getting the Spiced Wolf novels. Are they novels or gra- graphic novels or light novels? Light novels. Oh, damn it. 
I kind of like the trend of actually releasing light novels in the U.S. because I'm getting to read the original basis of a lot of the anime I like. <laughs> well, I like light novels, but I don't know. I just prefer the actual manga, and if there is no manga, then I get sad when I realize that there's no manga. Despite this being an audio podcast, I do like to read, so I don't mind, especially since this is like the, you know, the actual original inter- you know, original things that they interpret everything else off of. Mm. Like, I know, I believe next month, the Impress is releasing the first Heart Heases of Me and Not Light novel. I'm picking that up. I want them to get to 2 too because they're taking so long on the damn anime next season. That's right, Kyoto Animation. You get on that. I'm tired of this Klingon bullshit. You get on some Heart Heases of Mia. Or more Full Metal Panic. I'll take that as well. More Full Metal Panic. Like, they're listening. But <laughs> Well, it's true. Maybe they are. More Full Metal Panic. But Spice and Wolf was neat. Uh, they did an animated series. I think it was 10 or 13 episodes or so. It's about a this merchant and a random wolf god teaming up to merchant together as wolf gods and merchants do. A hot, tricksy wolf god. Well, it's true. And speaking of hot, tricksy wolf gods, only not at all. <laughs> well, sort of. Apparently the... Um, the Italian automaker Fiat is going to be launching a limited edition run of the new Fiat Nova 500 cars with an image of Lupin. Lupin third. Like, in case you haven't noticed, that crazy little car they drives around on most of the shows is a Fiat. Indeed. So Fiat's going to make a Lupin Fiat because... Lupin likes to drive Fiats. I um, salute you, Fiat. I was hoping when I saw the headline on a piece of paper, they were based, making an actual replica of the Lupin the Third car. <laughs> it wouldn't be that. They're probably going to be pretty close to it. Well, I mean, this is it's it's the, it's the uh, Nova, a Nova, and the five hundred is the newest version of that series of cars. Yeah, like he drew drew like the nineteen fifty seven. Fiat 500, which is the Nova's uh, 500's you know predecessor, so yeah. it probably looked pretty similar. It's not like I'm going to run out and buy one anyway. Oh, so. oh yeah, it's it's true. They apparently also did a Fiat a loop, not Fiat. Fiat did a Lupin inspired paint scheme for their apparently their motorcycle. Okay, and used it to uh, use it in the Japanese Grand Prix race of the International Motorcycle Federation's. Road Racing World Championship season on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. A Sunday. They should have had the driver of that dress up like Lupin and given a synagogue costume to whoever they expected to lose. To give anyone, everyone sort of, you know, a sense of time, this was posted on September 20th, 28th of 2008. So, whatever that Sunday would be, which I guess is, you know been last Sunday when you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. And of course, as we get all our anime news from Anime News Network, you can find the post there. Speaking of which, in case we heard, I mentioned the New York Anime Festival was the past weekend of us recording this. And they had, of course, as most anime cons do, they had a big panel of State of the anime industry. Is it dying? No. Is it hurting? Yes. And But mostly on things on how they can deal with it and what's going on. 
And if you've read any or been to any end of anime or whatever panels, they all say the same things. Oh no, fan service are killing the industry. Oh no, DVD sales are down. We all know this. So it was more or less asking them, how are they dealing with it? And some of them had some interesting ideas, like Bandai apparently wants to do like 13 episode sets and push them out that way. Because they've realized that American Americans, finally, they finally dawned on them, oh wait, Americans buy TV shows on DVD in box sets. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should sell anime in box sets. You mean... We won't buy it when it's priced at $30 a pop with one or two episodes at a time? No, Kevin. That does not work. But I'm liking this new, uh, like they've done that with Gurren Lagann, and uh, I don't know, it seems like they're losing out on the price, they're just trying to break even because I got the whole series, well, I guess 60, 20, 40, 60 isn't that terrible to pay for. It's around the same price as a run of a of a TV show yeah, mm-hmm. on DVD. Like, it's pretty comparable. Plus, a lot of their old stuff that they've been putting out on Bandai, a lot of their old stuff on DVD is like whole series in like one box. Mm-hmm. So, so got over Man King Gainer that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes more sense because you get a lot more of it for about this around the same price. I mean, you'll pay a little bit more, but again, anime is a Japanese product and we're importing it, so you should expect some sort of premium. A little bit more than an average T-shirt, but a little bit less than you were paying if you were buying them all off individual DVDs. Which, you know, I understood that 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 market worked in the beginning when we were having to, you know, script and save to get any anime at all, period. Oh, yeah. But especially with the advent of DVDs, especially the advent of downloads are so now prolific, it's, you have to make things cheaper if you want people to buy it. Yeah, yeah, these aren't the days when I was paying $25 for a Japanese subtitled VHS tape. Or oh, more. those days. And the dubs were always, you know, you kids might not remember this, but the dubs were always cheaper than the subs. If you wanted to be hardcore, you had to pay more for it just because they knew that fewer people were going to go out and buy the subs. Oh, yeah. Even though the subs were way cheaper to actually produce. Yes. They had to pay for voice actors. But more people would buy the dubs. Yes. Because people hate to read. Yes. Hence, you know, Lee's wussing out on light novels. What? Look, you just said, Oh, that's not graphic novels. I can't see the pictures. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the... I like the let's, put, let's get it out there. I like the light novels. Just uh, not as much. Okay, okay. It's cool. Now, of course, then there's... Viz was like, Man, we don't really care about the Naruto DVD sales. That's just icing the cake of the giant monolithic merchandising smorgasbord powerhouse that is Naruto. <laughs> Where they can sell everything else. They can sell t-shirts and underwear and the stupid ugly headbands that retards wear at anime cons. Makes me want to punch them in the face. Well, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I don't have really anything to add to that. <laughs> And apparently, the Anime Zoo Network's response was putting it on as an internet broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Because they've also set up their own little, you know, um, ANN TV thing where you can actually watch panels from cons at a good resolution. You can actually watch trailers and stuff. And I think they want to position themselves now. 
not as a news network, I guess, but maybe as a distributor of online content. Mm. Which would work okay, but I thought, um, and Funimation's like, we're going to put it on everything. We're going to put it on YouTube and this and that. More importantly, they mentioned a site called Hulu. And Hulu is awesome. Hulu. I don't know if anyone out there has heard of Hulu. I know, I hadn't until today. I don't know, I was telling you. It's, it's cool. I think it's owned by NBC. Could be wrong, maybe Universal. But they're a site that actually, it's not quite YouTube. It is Flash-based streaming media. But it's much, much more high-quality type stuff. And it's, always, and it's not like user-submitted stuff. It's all companies do it. Like, for example, Heroes premiered. Let, you know, we're recording on Tuesday. Latest episode of Heroes premiered last night. I watched it today on Hulu in 480p high-definition streaming off this site. Yeah, they've got Family Guy episodes, Simpsons episodes, House MD episodes... It's a real. It's a nice thing. You do have some commercials, but usually they're, you know, interspersed and only like you know ten, sometimes as much as thirty seconds long, barely even you know, tune out for like, a little bit, you know, half a minute. Compared to conventional TV, it is barely on the scale. I've talked more about the commercials, and you'll actually hear the commercials watching the show, and I found out that apparently some people are putting anime on it. You can get Speed Racer, Death Note, Mushishi, and did I say Astro Boy? Not yet. Astro Boy. Astro Boy. And they say they're trying to get more. What's interesting, and not only is most of it is dubbed, Death Note is there subtitled. And apparently they're going to try to get as much stuff subtitled and dubbed both on their service as possible. And I was like, that's that could be really good. And if Funimation's really serious about putting more shows add on Hulu it'd be a great way because they can get ad they can get ad revenue from the commercials you know you don't people can still watch it pretty much for free it seems like it'd, it'd be a good mm-hmm. the word just needs to get out and people need to give this a try and it could almost be a rebirth of anime in America and I know that sounds cheesy but it'd be nice my pipe dream is that for example Funimation has the new Slayer series, um, Revolution, they've got that, you know, they've got the license for that. What they should do is subtitle this stuff and then put that on Hulu right now so people can see it, or at least like the first five or six episodes, mm-hmm. to get a taste for it. And then when the DVDs come out, they'll want to buy the DVDs. And if they just want to watch for free, well, they've watched for free, and Funimation still gets that ad revenue. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of, you know, cutting the fan subbers off. Yeah, at source. Well, they'll probably be pretty much fan-subbed anyways. Well, but. yeah, but now you have a free, easy-to-access way to get them without resorting to fan-subs. And if they put them out quick enough, well, you know... I mean, you're always going to get someone to fan-sub it, and some people are still going to download the fan-subs. But if you can get any of them, even just a small percentage of them, to instead watch it on Hulu or a similar type service, they're now making more money that then than they were previously when people were just downloading fan subs. True, and it'll be it is faster to tune into a streaming site if it's in good quality. It's in fact faster and nicer to just get it right then than waiting however long it takes you to download it. <laughs> and that's I would occasionally download an episode of Heroes. I won't lie, 
because I don't have actual cable TV in my house. I only have cable internet. But if I watch episodes of Heroes, it's kind of was kind of problematic to watch it at a decent quality. Well, Hulu is just as good as downloading it. Like, unless you like want like the two gig, you know, high definition rips, which I don't need it to look that good. Yeah, unless you need it to like be displayed up on your wall where you have a huge. T- I don't never mind. But but, uh, but even then, I've got a pretty nice monitor and I can still stretch it. And it still looks good. Like. I was really surprised on how good Hulu looks. And I was watching an episode of Mashishi earlier today, and it it looks almost as good as the DVDs. Man. Like, it looks good. I and this is Mishishi that way. Like, they've got, like, the first 12 or 13 episodes of it. Damn. So you can watch a good chunk of Mushishi just streaming right now. And you're going to post that uh, site up on our website, right? Oh, yeah. The... No problem. And you can also embed. So if you want to say, say, hey, look, this was an awesome show. You can actually just throw it up there in your live journal or blog or what have you. Whoa. But, you know, it's... I think the hard problem is probably going to be Japan. Because if Japan hears that Funimation wants to put out the new season of Slayers right there on the internet where anyone can see it, including the Japanese... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I bet they'll get kind of ticked, which is gonna be the biggest problem. Is that Americans want to watch this stuff the same time, more or less, as the Japanese are, and the Japanese want the revenue stream, and the American companies are licensing the Japanese, so wants the revenue stream, and it's gonna be hard to you know balance these two things. Well, there is a solution that's not a very good one for us who don't like dubs, but. Wouldn't the Japanese not watch it dubbed just because they couldn't understand things? They they probably wouldn't care. Really? I mean, some of them might, but some of them probably would still tune in anyways. Mm. I mean, I'm sure some of their somebody out there in Japan knows, knows English. English. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least a little bit. They take it in high school and all. <laughs> so they can yell, uh, uh, it's showtime, big O. Yes. Or repeat the favorite phrases of their favorite rap stars from America that they see on MTV. Oh, not a good idea. Not a good idea. But, you know, it's one of those things. And they had some other ideas. Like, they also mentioned, you know, putting, you know, full feature movies out there on the indie film. You know, whatever it is that they do to put the indie films out in various art house films and Mm. running that around. And uh, and some other things, but I thought I really think Hulu and services like Hulu, like not YouTube, not Crunchyroll, not that crappy, like where it's it's okay to see your webcam, but to try to watch an actual show, it's pain. Like, give us good, you know, good sites, good feeds, and good quality, and I'll watch it there instead of downloading it. I'll say that straight up. So that's a state of anime. As Basil sees it. Now, as I stated, other things, we thought we would get together today and podcast about this now because it's its sequels coming out in America, and just a few months from now in December, the series of Shin Megami Tensei Persona Three.
you recall, last episode we talked about a show called Kimigori Orange Road. It was released in America by a company called Animigo. And before Animigo was releasing old shows that only old footy daddies like us really like, and more people should buy, even though they don't, they made a video game series called Wizardry. At least a lot of the, two of the main guys who made Animigo, anyways. This is important, because way back in the early days, back when our video game systems were abbreviations of, you know, entertainment systems, and possibly also Nintendo, or, you know, family computers, there was a company called Atlas, and if I remember correctly, they licensed this engine called Wizardry to make their own game called Shin Megami Tensei. Did they call it Shin Megami Tensei when it first started? Or? Well, there's Megami Tensei on NES, yeah. then Shin Megami Tensei on Super NES, but they're all using the Wizardry engine. And pretty much, there are these old role-playing games, sort of first-person, where they're a little bit different than your usual role-playing staples, where sort of a post-apocalyptic, destroyed, ruinated world, where you survive by summoning demons to sort of do your bidding. Yeah, that's right. They invented Pokemon. That's what I was about to say. You, you guys think, you know, collecting monsters? They did that. They're the ones. Well, yep. Nintendo just ironed the satanicness out of it. You may think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, for the obvious... Anyways. The Dark Lord Pikachu summons you before him. The trick is, is that unfortunately these were, of course, very hardcore games. And not everyone was quite into just how hardcore knuckle nerd you had to be to frickin' play these games. And so when it came to the PlayStation era, they thought, well, maybe we should do something a little less stressful. I guess you could say, you know, it's still pretty freaking hard. Yeah, when you can get wiped by a group of enemies you've killed 30 times before with no problem, all of a sudden, suddenly, they're competent. Yeah, that's an Atlas game. <laughs> Anyways, they released a, a version called Persona. And I guess, well, Wizardry... Not Wizardry. The uh, Megami Tensei series... They've, they've had plots, but the plot wasn't always quite so important as the dungeon crawling and the summoning. Mostly done, yeah. You get little bits of plot, but mostly just to point you where the next dungeon was. Persona is much more about plot. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, RPGs goes, where you actually have an actual story you play through, Persona was sort of much more of a modern take on the Shin Megami Tensei series. It is also a shift, seeing as instead of you know collecting and summoning and fusing demons... You now use these different demons and pretty much archetypes from every sort of mythology and religion as your persona. Yeah, sort of a personal projection of an aspect of your soul that will come out and fight for you. Because sometimes fists and swords and bullets just don't work. And the one we're going to talk about today, tonight is the latest version of it, which is Persona 3. It's... Um, by this point, they've taken out the whole first-person thing. It's now third-person, which the first Persona was still in first-person. The second Persona took that out, and this one totally changed, sort of changed everything, but sort of kept them things back from the original Persona, especially in the dungeon design. But each, each Persona is its own unique story, so you can jump right into Persona 3 and enjoy the world without having to you know, worry that it's the third in the series. And many people have. You make a few very 
very tangible references back to Persona 2, which, but they're they're only there if you're fans of the first two, and otherwise you miss them and they don't affect your enjoyment of the game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been so long since I played Persona 2 that I totally glossed over that announcement played Persona 3. I didn't realize until later on when Kevin was like, yeah, I remember this and this and this, and I was like, oh, you're right. Huh. But anyways, Persona 3. Well, how it starts out is, is uh, you're a new student and you're traveling to your new dorm and you find that you've been relocated into this alternate dorm. And you pretty much go in and see what looks like a girl with a gun in her hand trying to shoot herself in the head. She's like, I'm totally not shooting myself in the head with this gun. Yeah, when you come in, she's like, you didn't see that? I wasn't doing anything. And they're like, oh, welcome to the new dorm. Don't talk about that. Your room's over here. And a demonic, childlike person gives you a contract. There starts your journey into madness. You have to sign this contract, or turn the game off right there. But let's presume you signed the contract. (laughs) Yes. The idea is, there's this thing. When the world hits midnight, there actually is an extra hour. The... Dark, dark hour. hour. It's dark. And spooky. Yeah, it actually kind of is, yeah. because everything sort of turns all bloody and dark. All the humans who are who can't see the weird stuff turns into coffins, and so they don't actually experience anything in the dark hour. And, there's, and some people can. Some people are touched with the ability to experience this wild and crazy place. Lucky them. <laughs> and there's two kinds. There's kinds with personas and kinds without. Kinds without are kind of screwed. screwed. Yes. Very screwed. Because there's these dark, icky, demon-y looking things known as shadows that prey upon them and destroy them. They pretty much eat horribly. your soul and leave you a little vegetable. Your body still remains in the real world, but you have what... The people in the world are calling apathy syndrome, where you sit around and don't care, and how can I lose your willpower to live? Also in this dark, this dark hour, there's this place called Tartarus, which also happens to be the same location as your high school. In the normal day. The normal day. But Tartarus is this huge, crazy, 250-level dungeon monstrosity that spirals into the air and it's just a mismatch of different architectures and occasional blood splashes and weird features and it's never looks the same way twice such a fun little place that's your dungeon for the game because the game only actually has one dungeon which is Tartarus well minus a few boss fights have little extra dungeons well yeah (laughs) and pretty soon you're thrust into the dark hour and you have to deal with these things and they I tell you, oh, well, yeah, we, we kind of knew that you would do this. And it's time to put you in C's. Which stands for Specialized Extracurricular Execution Squad. It's a school cl- club, after-school club. Exactly. Very after-school. <laughs> Persona is a game that sort of... is, is This Persona is different because it actively is balanced between two almost separate but yet interconnected game systems. One is a dungeon crawler. The other one is a high school life sim. 
High school life sim. I can get dates and be popular. It's a lot more fun than it may sound to y'all who aren't, you know, into that. It's actually quite grabbing. Especially when you, you know, use the power-ups from your life sim part of the game to kick some ass in Tartarus. Pretty much, your day begins like this. You wake up. You go to school. School happens. Sometimes you'll talk to people in the middle of school. Sometimes you might get plots. Sometimes you might get a pop quiz. Sometimes you'll hear a bit of passing information from two students talking that becomes important later. Or doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had noodles for dinner. They were delicious. Hmm, noodles. And that has no purpose anywhere else in the game. And then, you know, once class is over, you get to talk to people. Or you could go buy new weapons from your handy-dandy police officer who knows you fight demons or fight things at night, so he sells you all the weapons he's confiscated or something. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what Society for Creative Anachronism meeting he raids for this stuff. Because <laughs> it's swords, armor, <laughs> axes. I, I like to think that, you know, there's some really eclectic Japanese gangs he beats up and steals their <laughs> stuff. We must have authentic legendary weapons, people. Legend. Oh, shit, it's that cop again. I hope he doesn't take my rocket sneakers. <laughs> but he you know, does. Maybe he, has, maybe he knows some really intrepid groups of cosplayers that he's like, guys, they're asking me for some really weird stuff this time. Can you make these? They're like, okay. Where would we find armor for a dog? But moving on, you the the sim life aspect aspect takes place during the day and you're given... After sitting through class, you're given free reign to run around and talk to people and establish what are called social links. Yes, social links are you can talk to people, and as you gain, you, know, you increase your relationship in whatever manner it is, depending on who the character is, You, um, as your bonds tighten with each other, so your social link increases. This is important because it also... Every type of persona in the game is attached to one of the 12 major arcana. From tarot cards. In case you don't know that by just the arcana phrase. And as you increase your social links, when you create new personas in the development room, which we'll talk about in a moment, they get XP bonuses based on the level of your social links. And if you max out your social links, good stuff happens, which we'll explain in a little bit. It also gives you a huge boost to your creations, and you can also usually access one ultimate persona of that arcana. What pretty much boils down to is, oh, I'm really good friends with this guy. Oh, I can make kick-ass alter egos to use in battle. Yeah, major boost. That's important later in the game when you need a persona that can actually do stuff right out of the gate. Yes. And it's also really neat because... It's one of those things where if you really focus on your social links, you don't have to quite level quite so hard. Mm-hmm. Because not only do you gain HP and abilities by leveling your character, your personas also level, and that's where most of your actual attribute boosts come from. In fact, mm-hmm. that's where all your attributes come from, is whichever persona you're using. Aside from HP and SP. Yeah. yeah. And they also gain new abilities, strong abilities, as they level up. And so if you've increased your social links really well... If you choose the right personas, you can skip a decent bit of leveling. It's one of the neater aspects of the game, how 
again, how they interconnect. And this interconnection is woven together with some deliciously awesome plot. Like, they take... This entire game takes over the course of a typical Japanese high school year, more or less. And you actually get to go through all the various, you know, holidays and school trips and everything. Holidays, tests, school trips, <laughs> off time, on time. Ooh, visit to a hot spring. Yep, it has all the little staples of anime, stereotypical school adventures. Yeah, I've had people refer to this as Weeaboo the Game, and in some ways they're sort of right. But don't let that, you know, keep you from getting your feet wet with it, because... It's Weeaboo in all the right places. Yes. <laughs> but also, of course, there's these dark and evil creatures known as the Shadows, and they're constantly screwing up with you and your business, especially on full moons. Oh yeah, there's a complete lunar cycle in this game, too, by mm-hmm. the way. Which affects your attacks and things. Some of them are based on the lunar cycle. And how do you defeat these shadows? Well, at the very end of all this stuff happens, at night, you have a choice to either A, hit a club, to, you know, karaoke bar, to increase your attributes, because you have two sets of attributes. Your battle attributes come from Persona, or your character attributes, which are, was it academics? It's uh, academics, courage... Charm. And charm. charm. And this determines what kind of people you can meet and which girls you can date. Oh, yeah. Which we'll explain that in a moment, too. Because there's a lot to cover. This is Persona 3. Main character be pimping. As Kevin said. And one of the choices you get to do is, of course, you can battle in Tartarus. Like I said, Tartarus is this giant 250-level monstrosity that's broken up into several blocks... And you can only go further high. You can travel up to a certain points, and then you have to stop because there's a barrier that you can't go past until you beat the next major shadow for that plot cycle. It's pretty much the plot barrier. So it pretty much tells you, you know, hey, you can battle up to this point. If you can get this high, you really do Tartarus anymore. You can go run around and talk to people more if you want instead, or. Battle more in Tartarus. You know, it's whichever. Well, you know, there's not a lot to do at night once you've maxed out your social attributes. You can always go to sleep early to get uh, extra um, status boosts. True, but yeah, there comes a point where I was just visiting Tartarus to level up. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Tartarus is that even though the... While each block looks different, they all sort of have the same base look to them. You've got your floor... And you've got certain types of stairs that you can run around on. And a set of stairs will take you up to the next level. The trick is that each level is randomly generated. And so you're never quite sure where your exit point is going to be as soon as you enter this level. Sometimes it's right next to you. Sometimes it's on the whole other end of the dungeon. (laughs) In this game, I've seen a lot of games with a whole randomly generated dungeon. Some do them extremely poorly. And this one, I really like how they do it. And they just give a whole nice... I don't know, it's a nice dungeon-crawling feel to it. I also like how the actual mini-map that you have still looks exactly the same mm-hmm. as the original Persona's mini-map. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever noticed this, but I always thought it was a neat callback. That could be a callback that didn't have to be improved, because it was a good map. Mm. And what's neat is that the shadows are... It's not You don't have any random, random battle crap. They're all there, 
and sometimes while they may try to get the jump on you, you always have the chance to get the jump on them. Because you get to do a little weapon attack. And if you stab them or hit them... You can get a, uh, you know... You get a, you get a free turn, basically. A preemptive strike. Of course, the opposite also holds true. If you are either missed with your strike or you're dicking around, they can come and smack you and get a free turn. That's bad. Because <laughs> this is a Shin Megami Tensei game still. And these battles are really good, but also can be really hard. Yeah, that that one extra round can be the difference between life and death, so you got to be careful. Because sometimes the enemies are stupid, sometimes the enemies are smarter than you. Yeah, and there's nothing like having a dungeon trip where you've just gotten some cool secret treasure or made a lot of money, or and then party wipe from the enemies you've killed for 50 battles straight. Now what's neat about this battle system, the battle system is really good is that, much like your personas have all this various arcana, so do the enemies. They have various arcana. Each of them are part of a different arcana. And each of the enemies will have different elemental types, you know, that they're strong against, that they're weak against, that, guess what, your personas can interact with and take down. And if you say, this guy's weak against ice, and you use ice, he'll actually knock the enemy down. If you knock all the enemies down, you get the option of what's called an all-out attack, where everyone runs in together and beats off all enemies for maximum damage. In a big cartoon-style dust cloud. Yes, with wows and quacks and, and other various Batman-esque sound balloons that pop out of it. It's lots of fun. <laughs> now, if it's just you running around, you don't get that option. Or if everyone's knocked down, you don't get that option. You but, need at least one friend to pull this off. But And the more friends you've got up the easier it is to do. It makes the whole finding elemental weaknesses so much more uh, important than it would be in a normal game. I mean, the fact that you actually knock them down and ruin their turnover. Yeah. And, you know, and again, you can really see where Nintendo got a lot, I think, a lot of their inspiration for Pokemon. Because there's, in fact, a lot of similarities, I think, to various enemy types, to various elemental weaknesses. Now, the trick is, is that your personas also have elemental weaknesses that the enemies will exploit. Yes. Don't think they won't do it, because they'll do it. They'll do it, man. Bad idea. If they can, they will. <sighs> and you're lucky in that the main character, he really doesn't have a name. That's why we always call him Hero Protagonist. Hero Protagonist. Uber Pimp. He can change his personas. He, you can have a... The amount of personas you can hold within you increase as you level up. And you can always switch them out for other personas. Um, on the fly in battle. On the fly, and you can choose new personas to pick from mm-hmm. in the Velvet Room. Yes. And then, yeah, but however, you're the only one that gets to do it. Because you're special, because you're a big character. Everyone else has their one persona they have through the entire game. In one form or another. And so each of your, char- each of your party members, you know, has different weaknesses and strengths and as you play the game you gain more and more team members for C's so you can start really start picking and choosing who you want to take with you like okay I know that we're seeing a lot of this you know a lot, a lot of ice types so everybody takes some fire types to take out the ice mm-hmm. or vice versa maybe you need some guys who are strong against the instant death spells because there's instant death spells and they suck oh yes and you know it's it's a very neat, very strategic game. 
Now, I mentioned earlier there's this place called the Velvet Room, which you can enter in both in Tartarus and without, outside of Tartarus. And there's these two characters, Igor and Elizabeth. Igor has been in every Persona game, all three of them. I think Elizabeth is... She's doing three. She's doing three. I like Elizabeth. She is... And yes, she is. Igor is the dude who's this awesome little guy who helps you fuse your personas. The giant hook nose. He looks like your typical Igor helper guy. And he's sort of just chilling back and you're able to fuse personas. And the way you fuse personas is you have your various card, tarot cards that you earn throughout battle. And you can put various combinations together to create new personas. And so you also have this sort of, you know, collectability thing and creation thing all built in the game as well. I guess I'll mention now that Persona's like a 100-hour game at least. Box says 70-plus. They're lying. First RPG to ever underestimate its own playtime. Yes. Like, I think I finally beat it at like 115 hours. I was like somewhere around there. 108-ish, 110, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've played myself some RPGs. I, I know what I'm, I'm doing, I like to think. But, yeah, this game's long and forever. That's why this podcast is already at the 40-plus uh, minute mark, and we're not even done yet. Back to... That's the gist of Tartarus, and the gist of combat. Like we mentioned, various, back in the, the happy, fun sim life, you you have various people. You might have the girl in the in the in the playground. That's not nearly as lolly as it sounds. You also have the guy in the park who thinks he's going to die. Your best friend in the sports club. The guy who just sits behind you in class, who I never really liked, but he's the first one you can talk to. He's kind of into the older women's. You know the crazy. Uh, chick who talks in computer speak and the MMO. There's these are all characters that you can interact with to increase your social links, and that's one of the neat things about it is there's a huge variety of people you can talk to, and each one of them has a full, pr- pretty fully developed storyline, just about them, that you learn about more of them as you talk to them. And no one has greater than those than your other C's members. And one of the things I love about this game is the characters. The characters are just fantastic, especially your allies. And many of them you can actually form social links with as well. Well, the girls anyways. Yeah, the girls anyways. Junpei, you just sort of, well... Well, it is the only role from Vic Mongoose that I actually like. Is that his real name? Vic Mon... I don't know, he's my fourth mortal Vic, enemy. Vic Mononomonopia. Anyways, um... He actually does good here. Edward Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist. You probably like him. We don't. But hey. <laughs> you know. And all the voices are actually very well acted. Mostly. Mostly. I mostly. Unless you're dealing with Fuka and all of Fuka's friends. Fuka herself is a nice character. She's fun. She's I, nice. She's helpful. Her voice is not so much. Yeah. I, I love Fuka as a character. She is awesome, but her voice is very grating, especially when she orchestrates the battle for you. There are four enemies left! Ah! I know there are four enemies left! So she's not as bad as her best friend. Yeah. Whose voice is even more annoying. Luckily, her best friend's a side character. You don't have to hear it too much. Yes, she doesn't it's get true. more dialogue. But yeah, you've got Mitsuru, which is your, your team leader. 
She's the hot, cool, collected one. Your 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 girl buddy buddy friend at Yukari, who's very much the you know the teen, you know sort of fashion conscious. She's a bit you know on the uh, whimsical, moody scale. She's, she's very realistic. She's meant to be the every girl. I think she's meant to be the most readily identifiable. Mm. And then there's uh, Akihito Senpai, which is your upperclassman who's into boxing and is very go get em and straightforward and oh, training. Yeah, that's because he's shy about girls. Yeah. And then you have Ken, who's the grade schooler. This is not nearly as Shota as it might sound. Are we sure? <laughs> it is pretty Shota. He has a spear, a long spear. He's okay. like. Now I feel bad about playing this game. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> hey, Kevin did it. I just... No, okay. Agreed. Um, you also get a dog. I don't even want to, you, either of you to touch that one. He's a ninja dog. The dog is awesome. Any RPG where a dog joins your party has to be awesome. And I hear the new Tales of Vesperia has that too. But Shadow Hearts too did as well. I need to play the Shadow Hearts series. And what's neat is that, of course, you... And you one of the neat things about this game is you interact with the characters every day, all the time. And usually, while they might have stock phrases you know, every week, it changes up pretty often, at least. Or at least give you different stock phrases every few couple of days. And this isn't in the uh, interacting via social links. This is just a normal talking phase. Yeah. It, overall, it makes them very real as characters, and you do kind of get attached to them. And there are so many events with their own dialogue, usually voice acted, where you get to make options and explore dialogue trees and really get to know these folks. And they have a lot of growth. and They're really awesome, I think. And a lot of the storyline is, is how these characters are growing in the face of this adversity. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it is, and how they're now growing up, becoming better people because of these horrible things that have happened, thanks to these stupid shadows that are ruining everything. As well as this other group, which we won't talk about, you know, their name or anything. But there's another shadow group of Persona users that don't like the fact that you're trying to bring it into this dark hour. And they're ready to also screw your shit up. They evil, man. Mostly evil. Well, yeah. Anyways. One of them's a gothic Lolita who wears red. Ooh. The Dollar Trees are really neat. Because if you ever like those games where... You you are you can sort of influence how your character feels about things or says about things. This sh- not show this game has it in spades because mm-hmm. every time you try to increase the social link, it's actually sort of a verbal mini game where depending on what you tell people determines how much they like you or dislike you. And you can even in fact ruin your friendship. <laughs> Don't worry, you can patch it up the next time you meet them, hopefully. Like, yeah, if you piss on off enough, you'll actually reverse their tarot card, and between they're, they're really pissed off at you. But if you talk at them enough, they'll eventually go, okay, well, I forgive you, we can be friends again. And then you can start re-increasing your social links. It's nice, though, that even though if they get mad at you, it still stays that high. You don't, like, lose social links. Just your opportunity to get more social links. Yeah, that's fun. The last, also, some of them are kind of needy. Like that stupid yeah. friend of yours that shows up in the first few days of class. Who's the yeah. magician arcana that won't shut up about how he likes older women. Yeah, he's really easy to decide he doesn't like you because you haven't talked to him in a few days. I'm sorry. 
that the team manager is cuter than you and more fun to actually hang out with. It's just the way it is, man. You just got to deal with it. And that's the thing. There are so many characters that, you know, if you were, you know, had already played through the game and wanted to get all of their social links, you can. But if you don't, there are so many of them, you really don't need to worry about it. It's technically possible to get all of them in one playthrough. It almost requires that you've already played the game once, know it, and know what they all are and how to get them. (laughs) One of the pluses is that this game does have a new game plus, which will allow you to keep all your maxed out, you know, Persona items, which allows you to create the maximum personas whenever you max out a social link. You got to also get to keep your attributes you you level up outside of the, the battle game. You know, the charm and academics and courage. Which lets you get started on some of the social links much sooner, which does. And you don't have to take time to level up your social traits anymore, which makes it easier to get through the social links. But really, this game is really all about... All the individual parts are all really good, which makes the sound of the parts incredible. like that, the, the, each character uses their own persona, and most, if not all of these, are most of them are drawn from different mythologies, and some of them, you know, many of them are obvious, like Greek gods and stuff, but some of them are more obscure, and it's really fun to say, oh, I know what that is, oh, I know what that is, so if you're a fan of that, it's great, especially some that are, like, based on urban legends, like in, uh, like in Fez, there's the Mothman, you can actually get as a persona, so... Yeah. I like how there's Legion. Mm-hmm. If you ever played the old, the old, any of the Castlevania games, where that the, the huge, just circular body of corpses, he's in this. He can learn the sexy dance maneuver. I don't know how he performs a sexy dance. I don't want to really want to perform a sexy <laughs> dance, but he can do a sexy dance. I guess it's kind of sexy. Go I don't Legion. know. Oh, Legion. And there's 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 a huge breadth of just creatures in this game. Like it's nuts. It, Atlas, well, the people who work on them, Shin Megami Tensei and Persona Games, in ways, are big mythology and comparative religion kind of nuts on the side. And mm-hmm. they throw in a lot of references. It's fun. It really is to just go through your collected personas and go, oh, that's cool. I, I have, they have made me crack a book a time or two to find out just who these characters are sometimes. And they've also got other characters that are sort of more their things, like their Jack Frost character. Jack Frost. Who's sort of also their, you know... He is their corporate mascot. Yeah, he's Atlas's mascot. You know, it's really neat stuff. And then there's things like Mara. Do you want to explain what Mara is? Only that you... Unless you're... You can look it up if you want. Um, Yeah, you can look it up if you want. I'm not saying any more than that. 
recommend viewers be 18 or older. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or, you know, along the different lines, the persona where the arm, our entire armor is made of boobs. I don't know if that's in Persona 3 or not. I think so. That's, um, that persona. I'm drawing a blank, but I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> well, there is persona that the armor is made of, uh, well, anyways, huge breadth. And you gotta, you know, give it up for where three of the personas, separate personas are Beelzebub, Satan, and Lucifer. Yeah. One of, and only one of them is the devil type. <laughs> only one of them. And it's kind of neat in that the persona creation, there's also, you know, you get, if, even if you use a persona, don't worry, there's a compendium that you can choose from to pay money to get old personas back. Which, on the New Game Plus, you actually, once you gain the ability to use your compendium, you get the entire compendium of, of personas you had created from the last game in this game. So, if you just need enough money, and there you go, you got Lucifer back. With all the abilities he had before. I bet well, he's hella like, expensive, though. All the baseline abilities. Like, yeah. you don't get the... Because as you create personas, you can actually add or subtract abilities from personas. But all you get from the compendium, compendium, when you start the game, is just the baseline versions. So, how awesome is Persona 3? Can uh, we even rate it? I think it's... Burn my dread! Okay, edit that out. No, no, we don't want to edit that one out. He's been trying to burn our dread all day. That is it's, burn it's, our dread awesome. Yes. Out of... That doesn't make any sense though if you haven't played the game. So no. let's say that it's a mythological clusterfuck of awesome. Yeah. Indeed. Now, one of the reasons why we also meant we decided to do this one now is because it's still not horribly hard to find. Thankfully, after they released the original version, Atlas was like, oh well, people really apparently really like this game way more than we were expecting. It succeeded beyond our wildest dreams of avarice. And so they... Well, and there was a second version of Persona 3 that existed. They decided to, to release. Um, it was called Persona 3 Fez, or short for festival. Which was, in Japan, sort of an expansion pack type deal. It actually added a brand new sort of sequel story that takes place after the ending of the first game. Which gives you a complete ending that you wouldn't get normally. Ties up a lot of the loose ends of the first version. And then you also get a bunch of extra stuff, like more people to date, more events to do, more personas. More personas. And stuff in the main game. And in Japan, they released two versions of it. Um, a standalone version, which included both Persona 3 and the Fez expansion stuff. Or what was referred to as a pen, an appendisc, which you would plug in instead, and that would give you access to all the extra stuff. Well, Atlas decided to release the full version of Fez in America for 30 bucks. Very reasonable. Like, this was, that was like the greatest thing Atlas has ever done. Yes, this thank is, you, Atlas. This is now giving you like a 140, 150-hour game for 30 bucks. It's called Persona 3 Fez. Like, this is like the best deal 
in video games, this is especially the best, RPGs. Best dollar to RPG ratio that has ever been. And this is that's brand new too. Like it's so you find a used one, it should be around the same price as well. But I bet you can find them on Amazon. I know some GameStops still have them in stock, so I bet you can buy it online too. And it's really great. And in December, Persona Four is coming out, which is taking a lot of the same gameplay mechanics, like the battle system and the social link system and stuff. But it's going to include that as well. And if it's half as good as Persona Three. It's still going to be really great. It's going to be rocking. I love Atlas. They're still bringing us PS2 games. Yes, yeah, 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 the, both these are on Persona 3 and Persona 4. And Persona 3 Vest, of course. They're all on PS2. So chances are you're already on the system they're on. It's good stuff. You should go out, you should buy it, and you should play it. And then tell us all about it in you know our comment section. Or email us, or call us using our voicemail via the awesome line. Of course, the website is osmcast.com, or you can send us an email, osmcast, awesomecast, at gmail.com, or you can check us out on the awesome line. Can pause. Hey, and the awesome line number is area code 206-202-0071. So, check us out. And until next week. Till next week. Burn my <laughs> That's right. James. Like, no, 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 no. That could be the bonus at the end. Oh, dear. I, I was, like, rocking out. <laughs> oh, my.